Podcast Podcast. It is your host, Vibs Rockin' On. So today, it's just me, myself, and I. So it's gonna, probably going to be a shorter episode. Don't got that much to say. This week was kind of chill compared to last week's Spring Loaded event. But um, we do have some announcements to make. Or I have some announcements to make. So one, um, I am thinking about creating a new podcast. Now... This would we would still keep this podcast the Battle Life podcast as often as it normally is, and as it normally kind of is. But I'm thinking about creating a podcast talking about failures, people who rose to fame then collapsed in on themselves. Now I'm not gonna say what the first episode would be if I were to do this. But if I were, it would be starting in about a month. So it would be, it would start in the summer. But I'm not fully sure if um, the company and I can take that while still being healthy enough to actually do the podcast in a way I want it done. Also, the website looks, it, it looks like doo-doo. Like, like, it, it looks like doo-doo. Um, so, I am redesigning it. I don't want to get it fully redesigned. Um, so, we're also going to have membership. And uh, I will probably have a giveaway for some membership program. For a membership, probably like a yearly membership, for free to anyone who enters. Um, but that will be happening in the coming weeks. Just wanted to let y'all know about that. And that's pretty much it. That's everything I can tell you currently. But, yeah. Um, that's all we're doing right now. So, I think I'll, I'll jump into the topics. Oh, wait. I forgot one thing. So, the music you heard at the beginning. Um, that is the official Bad Wires podcast intro music. I finally did. I, I sat down in a doll and I finally made something. That looked fine. So that's what that's gonna be. Now I did I did not edit that one because I wanted to have that episode. I, I was already late uh, publishing it, so I kind of you know rushed to get that one done. Uh, but I have edited it a little bit more, and it actually sounds more pleasing to me. Hopefully, it will to you. Um, but you know you can just tweet at um, me or the or the uh, podcast and just tell me your thoughts on the podcast but that's that so i will go ahead and jump into these topics so the first topic um that i have on my doc is verizon tries to sell yahoo and aol after spending nine billion on phone ads so this is from the artist forum and verizon is giving up on yahoo and aol so they spent nine billion dollars on the used to be most popular internet brands before Verizon brought them. And as they say, Verizon is exploring the sale of assets, including Yahoo and AOL, which is, you know, just speak for, yeah, we don't have anything. Like, they're not doing anything. We would rather sell them and get a little bit of money back than start losing money, as we've been doing right now. So... Wall Street Journal reported yesterday that the sale process inc- involves private equity firm Apollo Global Management, 
and quotes could not lead to a deal worth four to five billion dollars the journal wrote citing people more familiar with the matter Ars Technica asked Verizon if it had any response to the Wall Street Journal report and they said they had nothing to add as the Wall Street Journal report was a big thing the headline says that Verizon is exploring parts is exploring sale parts of sailing selling the Orion AOL but they do not qualify or tell you what the parts are so and the other details could not be learned so Bloomberg article on the potential sale said that Verizon considers selling its entire media division including the Orion AOL but did not contain any qualifications suggesting that only parts of the units would be sold as Verizon is talking to a part of the management about a deal. So it couldn't be immediately learned how the deal would be structured or if other suitors may emerge, but no actual decision has been made. I'd like to put that out there. This is all worth a grain of salt at this point. But Verizon did purchase AOL in 2015 for $4.4 billion and Yahoo for $4.5 billion. For four point five billion, combining them into a subsidiary called Oath. Oof, you name. So Verizon's acquisition fueled the media division, failed to compete effectively against Google and Facebook. Like, have you ever seen? I, I don't think I've ever met a single person who actually uses Yahoo. I don't think I've met a single person who actually uses Yahoo, let alone AOL. But. Oath, the company that owns Bentley's experience, as I said, experienced increased competitive and market pressures throughout the eight throughout 2018 that resulted in lower than expected revenues and prog- and uh, earnings. So, this is like a non-cash goodwill impairment charge, about 4.6 billion, which is like it's wiping out of all Oath goodwill value. So, in 2019, Verizon announced layoffs due seven percent of its 11,000 employees in the media division, or about 800 actual people. So, Verizon renamed Oath as Verizon Media, a way better name, that same month, and Verizon, another 150 layoffs followed in December of 2019 after another drop in revenue. It's like, if you don't work hard, you're, you're just out of here. You have one shot, that's it. So, you have Yahoo Finance and Yahoo Mail as well, and... Those are both in Yahoo Media, but they're not. I, I kind of get where they're going with this, but kind of don't. It's, but it's weird. So the journal reports that business picked up in the second half of the coronavirus pandemic. So sad. And business picked up in the second half. Uh, that, that's the same thing. Oops. I'm not going to edit that out, is it? So they said they're are getting a boost of 10% to $1.9 billion in the first quarter. However, the media business failed to reach its target of $10 billion in the annual revenue by 2020. So by sailing now, Verizon could raise the need cash at any time to actually, get ca- to actually get assets that make actual cash instead of losing money or just not reaching goals. Because you get $1.9 billion and that's pers- and that's a good thing, when you are supposed to get $10 billion, that has to tell you something right there, okay? That has to tell you something. So, Tumblr, which Yahoo bought for $1.1 billion, was sold to Verizon by WordPress.com, uh, which is known as Automatic, 
TTs. So, one of the these source familiar with the duo. So, Verizon, I believe, is a HuffPost. So, these are just Verizon deals that, you know, Verizon Media owns and they're trying to sell off. So, they're really just trying to make that money. So, but Verizon's total operating revenue in quarter one of 2021 was 32.9 billion, up to 4% year over year. Their net income was 5.4 billion and up to 25.4% year over year. So that's what this is, is, you know, Verizon trying to sell, you know, they're not, they're just trying to make money. And I, and I get why they're doing that. And, you know, it's like, I do get why they're doing this. So next is the EU is to charge Apple with anti-competitive behavior this week. So an EU competition chief will later this week issue charges against Apple, saying that App Store rules break EU law, according to seven people with direct knowledge of the situation. The charges will relate to a complaint brought two years ago by Spotify, the music streaming app, that Apple takes 30% commission to distribute apps through the iPhone store and forbids apps from directing users to pay for subscriptions elsewhere. So, Brussels opened an official competition investigation in June when the chief said that Apple appeared to be a so-called gatekeeper when it comes to distribution of apps on Apple's popular devices. Apple, which has denied any alleged accusations of anti-competitive behavior, denied legal reply to a request for comment. At the time, Spotify's initial comment, Apple said to the music app, keep the benefits of the app store without infringing features. Well, I mean, without benefiting the marketplace. So, I guess Apple's saying, you know, you have to give something to us for us to give something to you. That's how this works. It, we, you can't just take everything and leave us with nothing. It, it, you can't work like that. Which is, you know, I kind of get that. But if I own Spotify, I would be very annoyed if something like that happened. So... This is going to be probably one of the most high-profile antitrust cases in Europe. And, you know, some things could slip, hopefully. You know, it'll leak here or there. But Brussels is also investigating Apple for breaking EU laws when it comes to pr- promoting its own ebooks or rivals in the app stores and concerns that it could undermine its competition. Its mobile payments by limiting access to near-field communication chips and, rivals for ri- and iPhones for rivals to Apple Pay. So what they're saying here is, you know, they would wrap that they're directing people to use Apple Pay instead of NFC chips, which, you know, I kind of get why they would do, you know, like, you have an iPhone, just use Apple Pay. You have an iPhone, you use Apple Pay. Don't use that old clunky standard. Use our stuff, which is exactly the same thing. Now, separately, Brussels is pushing a new uh, Digital Markets Act that seeks to define when big tech companies are behaving in an anti-competitive way so remedies can be applied faster. So, you know, I applaud the EU for doing this. You know, it takes quite a person to go against a company as gigantic as Apple. Like, on a scale, Apple is very much the largest phone company that just makes that the largest tech company that is made just for consumers and persons and professionals. Because, you know, Samsung is technically the largest, maybe known, but Samsung has 
for everything else. Like, if you could think it, Samsung does it at least one way or another. So, back to this topic. Now, one thing that's actually going to be new about this show is I'm taking breaks. So, these were usually where we had an, would have an ad spot, but I can actually check the Gmail or my mail. And I don't think I, I got a contact with someone to see sponsor so I think I'm good I need to take a break and enter my thing uh let's see okay I think I'm good so I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right back for you and yep looks like we're good see you in a second and we're back it's a little bit later it's about a couple hours later actually so it's very busy but I'm um, jumping back into the show and next, we have Baodu, it's B-I-A-D-U, launches China's first paid driverless passenger service. So, Baodu, when you pronounce it, is China's leading search engine. It's automated there to Google, and just as Google has, uh, has bought Waymo to do its self-driver, its self-driving technology, Baodu is, is developing its self-driving technology. So, Baodu is pretty much the Google of China, and it does follow China's very great rules, I would say. It does uh, follow China's rules and laws, no matter how some people may not like them. So, that's why China does have Baodu. So, the initial service area is 2.7 square kilometers. So, a little over a square mile, which is not that much, because Waymo, the ta- tax, Waymo's taxi service is 50 square miles, and Baudu's is not even a taxi service, it's a shuttle service. You have designated points. You can't be like, oh, can you take me to your house? No, you get taken to this specific point. That's it. So... And this is even worse when China, as some people may know, as some people may think, um, China does have a back, has, does have their hand in every single uh, company based in China. So, but another company, um, Auto X, has been testing fully driverless vehicles in Shenzhen since December. This service is open to select members of the public since January, although AutoX hasn't started charging for rides. So I'm guessing this is more like a uh, public beta kind of thing, like a beta testing thing. But Waymo is actually thinking about launching in San Fran. Cruise, which is backed by GM and Honda, is launching fully driverless tax service in San Fran and Dubai by 2023. Interesting combination that two, San Fran and Dubai. And Mobileye, and Mobileye, an Israeli company owned by Intel, seriously, is on track to launch fully driverless tax service in multiple cities by 2023. Um, so, and Motional, a self-driving venture backed by Hyundai and auto parts giant Aptiv, I'm saying that right. I started driverless tests in the Las Vegas area. Now, U.S. policymakers are not really approaching this. They're not really making regulations for these autonomous vehicles at the federal level. 
but states have actually been pushing against these. Well, I won't say pushing against these, but some states, aka California, have had stricter rules, like rulers than Arizona and Texas. But the prospect of robust competition from China may help autonomous makers convince U.S. policy members not to pass regulations that could slow development of the technology in the U.S. Because the U.S. is probably the most pampered country of all. So, the U.S. is very prideful in how much it can do and how much it should be able to do, and that it does not need help, I would say, from other companies. That's why, like, everyone has a different opinion on this, but the U.S. has the same idea as North Korea without being a dictatorship. Because, yes, the U.S. is open. It's open to everyone, I would say. But in some parts of the U.S., a.k.a. the South, you do sense there is a way more prideful spect of, you know, the U.S. is all we need. We can get everything done with the U.S., make everything from the U.S. when we cannot source from other nations. And that's just wrong because, you know, we do need these things like China. I- I'm not going to say China's ro- right about everything, but they do have pretty good stuff. OK, if as long as you can, as long as you pay for it, they actually do make relatively good co- products. And Israeli Mobileye, it's a perfectly fine company. See, done, done. So, you know. I think they should not make these policies just to pass regulation because I think autonomous vehicles would be great for the entire world. But, you know, I, I still do have a feeling for my 1964 Chevy Impala SS, the one So, you know, I'm not, like, willing to just get rid of all cars because, you know, I think these should be the future of cars because gas, it is slowly degrading the earth, which I do think is a bad thing. That's pretty much all this topic, so I think we'll just go on to our next one, which is Microsoft is following Epic's lead, thank you, and lowers its cut, even lower than normal, to 12% of PC game sales. So it's lowering the revenue cut from 30% to 12%, which I really like, and this is going to have, this is going to make competing platforms like Steam do so as well you know epic games i do say did the right thing when they sued apple because you know i do agree that companies should not take 30 percent of what you make like here at bad wires media for for the legacy people we only take 10 percent of all the profits 10 that's it now, these are for the legacy. I'm sure once to make actual good profit, we will have to increase that later on. But we only take 12%. We only take 10%. Which, which I think is, you know, a, a decent enough number. Because, you know, that's, let's say some we make $100. That's $10 for us. It's fine. $200, $20. And, you know, these go on episode to episode by basis. But, listen, I'm not going to get off on a tangent. But, Microsoft 
yeah, did lower the revenue cut, and it's going into effect August the 1st, which seems a little old to me. Well, it seems a little, like, far away, so... Yeah. So, I think this is a very good idea. And Microsoft says if they can succeed in doing that, then it is a small leap to be forcing all apps and games to be distributed through the Windows Store. Because Microsoft, they're holding on to that Windows Store, okay? They're holding on to the Windows Store. They don't want to lose the Windows Store. I'm just like, no one uses the Windows Store, dude, okay? I, I, I think I've only downloaded a single app from the Windows Store. One. That's it. The Windows Store is just... It's bad. It's, it's just not good. But, you know, it's whatever. It's whatever. I'm just glad that they are lowering prices. They're lowering their cut. Because, and you might say, well, you know, they do need to make a profit. Microsoft is a billion-dollar company. Apple is even a worse offender because they're a trillion-dollar company. That's most. That's more than some countries have. So, what profit do they need? Like, this is not ever going to make them go bankrupt. This is not ever going to make Apple even close to bankrupt. I I think if they went down to ten percent. They would, I don't think they would ever, ever go below a billion dollars. I don't think they would ever go below $500 billion. They're so rich. They can do anything. That's why they have bad products. And they don't refresh them immediately. Because they know they're going to sell to one or two people. But more importantly, they could take the loss. They could take, oh, you, you, you lost $2 million? Okay. That's pocket change to Apple. Apple's currently net worth, let's see. Apple's net worth, hold on. This is what I get for being on my pod. Apple is like a trillion dollar company at this point. It, it doesn't matter what they have or don't have. Because, you know, they're just gonna... They're, they're able to do everything and anything. It, it just... It doesn't make sense at this point. It just doesn't. So, you know, that's all I have to say on that. Yeah, I'm trying to read the copyright entries. So, yeah. Next is... Google Assistant. You can now actually teach the Google Assistant to pronounce your name. Which, you know, I think is a good, great idea because, you know, like, my name, which is Vincent, is, you know, somewhat easy to pronounce, but I've had people, like, I've known a person named Talia. They pronounce it Talia. It, 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 I always laugh when, you know, it does that. But yeah, Google demoted the process to a new video. So, you can press the button in the Google Assistant contact section, and the assistant will listen to your pronunciation of your name, and it will update the record, and so it will now pronounce the name correctly. 
So to get this, you go open your Google app, you press more, you press settings, you press Google Assistant, you press you, you get to basic info, and it'll be in you in your people. So even if you have an Android phone, it will the Google Assistant gives a completely separate list of contacts from your actual phone contacts. So you will have to set up your contacts separately if you don't are if you don't have them already. This section is also where the assistant will let you tag family members. So you can say things like call mother and the assistant will understand which contact that is. So Google's blog post also covers a few other improvements coming to the Google Assistant. So timer and alarm recognition. So you can now fumble through the time designation and correct yourself during the command. So you can say, so you can say, okay, set timer for five, wait, no, nine minutes, and it will figure out, you'll be able, and it'll figure out you want nine minutes, not five minutes, which is so helpful. Like, the Google Assistant, I have the Google, I have the Home Hub, I don't have the Nest Hub, I have the Home Hub, the Generation 1. It is so dumb. It is so dumb. It's useless, I would say. It's useless. It, it can't do basic things. So I am just so glad that they're fixing this. So I can actually, I don't know, use it properly. Because now, I just use it as a, as a big alarm. Not a, not a big alarm. A big clock. Because that's all I think I can use it for. Because every time I try to talk to it, it does nothing. Whatsoever. So, you know, that's just like a PSA. And our last topic of the day, this is going to be kind of short, got things to do, got places to be, is CentOS is replacing its distro with Alma Linux, so it gets commercial support options. So Cloud Linux announced that it will offer commercial support for the Alma Linux community distribution. The new support plans will be available next week and will include regular patches and updates for Alma Linux kernel and core packages, package delivery SLAs, and 24-7 incident support. Alma Linux is one of the several Linux distributions jostling the position for the new CentOS in the wake of Red Hat's December uh, getting rid of it, just tossing it away. They just, Sense was too heavy, okay? The Sense were weighing down their pocket. So, the qualification as the new CentOS came from its base on the source code of Red Hat's Enterprise Linux, RHEL, I'm going to pronounce it is. And, you know, RHEL is like free as in freedom. So the source code is available, but it's like, it's not free as in beer kind of free, if you know what I mean. So they can use, so like, they do have to pay to acquire and use Rel itself, but they could also make it themselves. So, you know, pay, get it easier, don't pay, you don't get it easier, you have to make it yourself. So, you know... The Alma Linux distribution offers a 10-year support cycle, so, like, it's big, like, it's parents, RHEL, so Alma Linux's first stable release codenamed Purple Manual launched on March 30th. Several of Alma's support services being offered by Cloud Linux are, technically speaking, already offered by the community distribution itself. For example, regular patches and updates to the Linux kernel and core, pa- and core packages However, the Alma Linux project is a community project, not a corporation. Although the community provides these services de facto and does not offer commercial contracts that guarantee on that delivery. It's just, you know, it always happens. 
So the so Cloud Linux RHEL clone is an immediate upstream distribution of all Linux, and the company already provides similar service for Cloud Linux itself. In addition to timely delivery patches, Cloud Linux is offering service level agreements to patch delivery and 24-7 internet support. It also plans to introduce a premium support tier for enterprises. So, you know, if you are making a server for your small business, for example, and you liked CentOS, or you're you know, using CentOS, worry not, you can now switch to Alma Linux. I hate the name, but it's fine. You know, I for Linux, I do I usually run Linux on a laptop, but I've always used Parrot OS, even though it's a hacking distribution, I just love how it looks. I hate Ubuntu. I love KDE Plasma, so of course that's the uh visual appearance I use. I don't I for, I forgot what they're called. This is stupid. Um but you know, like this is good, you know, because a lot of people did love CentOS. And I think we covered them on in a previous episode. But you know, that's the news for this week. We had we had a very boring week this week and you know, hopefully the co host Asher will be here um next week. He was just feeling a little down in the dumps today and could not make it. But besides that, thank you for listening to this me ramble on for thirty minutes. And this is the Bad Wires Podcast, episode eight. Signing off. See you later. Bye.